Alright, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm sitting here in my room with the barbecue sauce and my titties. Just kidding, no, I'm sitting in my room and recording the very first episode of the Question the Question podcast, where I'm your host, Simon, nice to meet you. I'm going to be talking about philosophy in our daily lives, something that makes us wonder and question absolutely everything. Why is this? Why is that? Why do I wake up every morning? Why do I do my job? What for? Something that allows us to live our human spirit, to be curious, to learn something new. I mean, look at kids that are always open to learn something new, like, oh, what if I try this rock? Um, if I try that rock, will it taste different? And why do I not eat grass or sand? Let me try this. So in a way, they always inspire me to learn something new and continue asking this question myself. Before I go into the very first episode, which is going to be about the cancel culture or the accountability culture, as some call it, I want to say a few words about myself. So I'm Russian who right now lives in the United States. So I spend most of my life with my native language, which is Russian, 19 plus years. And if you hear me saying a mistake, I apologize in advance. I'm learning because, spoiler alert, I'm a human being. I'm like you, learning every day. So it's okay to make mistakes as long as you can learn from them, right? So that ties to the theme of the episode, cancel culture and making mistakes. So if you go to any search engine like Google or something and search for cancel culture, you can find sort of a definition of it. I went to Merriam-Webster um, website and this is what it says. What no, cancel is getting a new use. Canceling and cancel culture have to do with the removing of support for public figures in response to their objectionable behavior or opinions. This can include boycotts or refusal to promote their work. It is interesting that even if you go to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it doesn't mention that about the objectionable behavior in the past as well. If you look at certain trends and if you go to, again, any search engine and search for cancel culture, you can find articles. You can find so many examples how people got canceled for saying something 10 years ago. And if it was not a problem, we wouldn't have any articles from New York Post, New York Times talking about this. Like, go search for, I don't know, something like goat's problem in Yakutsk. I doubt you can find something because it's not like a big issue. So it's in a way became something as important as I'd say climate change in a way because you can find so many examples you can find so much information on it like you don't have to go far look at jk rowling she just raised a concern she raised a concern that transgender athletes who went through puberty and then transitioned they have an advantage over biological females while competing with them it's a legit concern because Men and women, they are different. So if someone was born male and went through puberty, they tend to have wider bones, different muscles, mass. And of course, that gives them an advantage. So in a way, as she mentioned and implied, it destroys womanhood because women are not competing with women. And as much as it, it is about equality, it destroys the whole idea of being a woman. She even posted something like, can you, um, even the UN, she mentioned they call women people who menstruate. And she was like, um, can you remind me that word? Is it wimpen, wumpen? So it is an issue. And what happened with her? So many people got offended. And they said, we're no longer going to watch your movies. We're no longer going to read your books. And they started even buying her books and burning them. Like, how else can you not support someone 
<laughs> of course, you can buy their books and burn them, which is pretty good for J.K. Rowling. So kudos to her promoting that so people buy even more of her books. But anyways, it's something that I find concerning when the person cannot raise an opinion. They cannot even question something. As soon as the question comes and people find it offensive, they don't want to listen to it. And I think in a way it's childish behavior when, you know, instead of accepting different opinion, different human being, you don't want to do that. You want to live in your small bubble where you don't have to think about so many things because parents provide for you. So also that destroys the idea of a conversation because the truth is never on the left, on the right, it's in the middle. People talk to each other. They need to discuss things to find the truth. Because if the truth was so, let's say, um, constant and so stable, then we wouldn't have no science, we wouldn't have any debates, because we knew, like, we would, we would know what is right and what is wrong. But the debate is still going. The existential questions of what's right, what's wrong are still within us. Like, humans never fully address those questions because... It I cannot say changes, right, because there are certain religions and things like that, but that to be or not to be question is always with us. And let's look at another example, like Alex Jones, um, why I'm against cancel culture. I don't agree with Alex Jones or disagree. I simply don't care. But for the sake of the argument, I'm going to pretend like I don't agree with his message. And if I don't agree with his message, he's my, in a way, enemy. I want to know what he's saying. I want to know his argument so I can beat him. I want to know everything about him because he's my enemy, enemy so I can, you know, like prepare and be ready for the battle. But if you silence him, he goes undercover. You can't see what's going on. And how can you beat someone when you don't know what they're talking about? You have to really, really like dig in to find stuff and... As far as I know, banning never really works. Like um, in China, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and many other things are banned. But guess what? People use them. Um, in this country, we had a prohibition era in the United States. And guess what happened? They banned alcohol and then they repealed it because banning never works. So when you ban something like this, you just don't see it happening. But that doesn't mean it does not exist. So in that sense, I'd rather know what's going on with Alex Jones. And if you can beat him with your arguments, if your ideas are so fragile that you cannot withstand the critique. And again, I'm talking about like a real philosophical discussion. I'm not talking about name calling or saying because of your message, you're this, this, this and that. And I'm going to be addressing your personal traits, how you badly you look, you know, things like that instead of the actual argument. No, I'm not talking about it. What I'm talking about is um, adult, mature discussion where people talk about different points of views and trying to find the best for both of them. So with that, if your views are so fragile, it doesn't mean that you should avoid them. You know how kids learn? they how they learn to walk they fall so many times but that doesn't mean that they should stop walking the only way they can learn to stand up is when they fall so if you find something fragile about your theory about your views it's like a sign to you to strengthen them it's in a way god or the universe whoever you believe in it like they're telling you you need to fix this asap 
So if you don't do that, you're going to still live with your fragile points of view. And another thing that I don't understand about like cancel culture, I cannot call it accountability culture. I don't agree with AOC who once said that it's an it's accountability culture because in order to say that we're holding you accountable for something, you have to think that you're righteous, that your views are superior, and that's why you can't judge others. I don't agree with that message because, again, the truth is always in between. I can't say I'm right. I can't say someone's fully right. That's why we need to have the dialogue and to say that we're canceling you, we're firing you, we're not going to allow you to use Twitter, YouTube, um, any other major sources of communication today because we think, no, not even think because I don't think it's about thinking. We feel like you're wrong. I think it's it's disrespectful to human spirit again. It's disrespectful to all the progress that we've done as a humanity because throughout the entire history, we as humanity, we were suppressing the views that we didn't agree with. Like look at the Roman Empire, Christianity at first, like they were persecuted. Even today in many countries, Christianity is persecuted. The idea that the United States brought as the First Amendment, you know, like you have freedom of speech. It's a very fresh and new idea. Before that, in every single country, there was suppression of certain views that the government or someone didn't want to hear. And this country flourished because it allowed every, it in a way told everyone that your ideas are not supreme. And that's why we need to have a dialogue. We cannot suppress it. We can grow only through this dialogue. And I don't think if someone says, let's say, um, gulags were good because they were objectively disgusting. And I'm telling you this as a Russian. I don't think I want to suppress that person. I wouldn't know because first, I don't want to talk to that person again if they are going to say stuff like this. Like they are not open for a dialogue with those statements. But I want to make sure that I know who they are. But if you eliminate that, how do I know? I have no sign of someone being open for a discussion. And I don't want to live in my bubble. I'm always ready to be exposed to other news, other views, so I can learn something from it. And if we eliminate that, we can forget about any unity within humanity because we're already divided. Like even in the language that we use, when I say word game, it can mean different context to you. So in a way, we're not even communicating. We're exchanging, you know, reflections of our ideas instead of actually straightforward communication like you see from the internet or computers. So if we even stop exchanging these ideas and live in our own bubbles, we will not grow as humans. The only way to grow is when you allow yourself to be vulnerable. And also, there are people who are saying that I'm going to throw a few arguments to support the cancel culture, that that message brings them their traumatic memories. I understand that. Everyone has a traumatic experience. And to assume that someone doesn't is just ignorant because, you know, everyone had their own problems. As my mom sometimes used to say, like, poor people laugh, rich people cry too. So with that you are making a conscious decision to either look at something or not to look at it. If it gives you traumatic memory, don't look at it. Just don't go there. 
it's in a way as if I went to a mosque and started telling them, no, you're not doing it right. No, let me fix it. No, let's say if I don't fully agree with some messages, I just don't go there. I don't support them. It's that easy. It's that simple because we are adults. And I can tell you as someone who went through serious traumatic experiences, one of the best feelings in the world, when you see something that reminds you of that traumatic moment that hold, held you hostage, that had a shadow of it behind you all the time, is when you look at that message and you feel nothing, when you have no emotional attachment, when it no longer chains you. That's one of the best feelings because you realize that you're free. You're absolutely free. So in a way, if you see some messages like this, I think it's better to treat them as a sign to improve yourself, to answer those unanswered questions that you were postponing. Just go ahead and ask yourself, why does that give me this response? Don't try to cancel it, but ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? And I think instead of having certain things removed because of the um, stuff someone said in the past, it's such a huge cross on every single human being because it removes the idea that we make mistakes, we learn from them, and it's okay to make mistakes. Imagine if we were, as humanity, always reminded that, I remember when you were a kid, you lied to me that you ate a, didn't eat a candy because you ate it. And imagine living with us and suffering the consequences. But we learned from it. We became better. And instead of forcing someone to apologize, I don't believe in a forced apology. Apology should come from one's heart. So if it's a forced apology, it's nothing. It's like forced acceptance. It's not acceptance. It's tyranny if you're forcing someone to accept you. Acceptance comes from the other party. So I think we should engage in a dialogue and we should listen to each other. And one of the things that I noticed, um, especially looking at all those Facebook posts, because, you know, Facebook became a rant place. So it's no longer like a Facebook. It's like a rant place because you open it and almost every single post, at least like in my feed, is like, I'm mad about this, I'm mad about that, as if there is nothing good about life. But anyways, so we should always listen to another party. Not just post Facebook stuff to see people who agree with you, because although it is flattering, you don't learn from it anything. We should give up our egos and try to understand the other party before we say something else. Because usually, even if you look at the debates, like, I think it's an interesting example. I watched the debates between Trump and Biden, and I can tell you that both parties thought they won the debates. If you go with the people who supported the Democratic Party, they think Biden, he was the rock star. If you go to the Republican Party supporters, they think, oh, Trump destroyed Biden. And that tells you about the, you know, the status of the dialogue and the United States, at least, instead of listening to the other party, giving up their ego and trying to understand where it comes from, why those words are like leaving the mouths of that person. People look for confirmation bias. They look for cues that allow them to say, uh-huh, and that confirms my thoughts about you. Not that tells me what you think, but that confirms my thoughts about you.
And I think it's a, not a productive way to become united. Because at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all make mistakes. Not a single person is perfect. If Jesus was here again saying, let the innocent cast the first stone, no one could throw anything because we're all guilty at something. Even if you don't know that you hurt some person, another person, like the fact that someone didn't tell you this doesn't mean that it didn't happen. So with that, I think we should have more understanding and be more lenient to say, it's okay to make mistakes. Let's learn from each other. Let's have a dialogue because we might have more in common than we think we do. And that's, I think, what we should strive for as humanity. So next time, if you encounter an opinion that you disagree with, just ask yourself, why do you feel this way? Why do you get triggered? Maybe with this why question, you can unravel such important things about yourself that will help you solve something from the past so you can flourish in the future. And with that positive note, I'm going to wish you a wonderful day and stay curious. See you in the next episode or hear you. Or hear me. Anyway, see ya.